Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, you had better. Well, let's get them up and get them going. It's Monday on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. 26 February, final week of the second month of the year. Launches right now our five hour morning by morning conversation. Appreciate you being there. Wherever you're finding us this morning, could be on 1019 FM, maybe AM 1260. And of course, we're always streaming for you digitally, making it as easy, as easy as possible to find us at hornfm.com and always on that easy to download, easy to have on your smartphone, easy to use with the touch of a button horn app. Just uh, fire it up and you've got us locked in all morning long, all day long here on the Horn, all the shows, uh, including this one. We appreciate you being there. As I said, final week of the uh, second month of the year begins today. We'll recap what went on over the weekend. Look forward to what's coming this week, including uh, the NFL Scouting Combine, which opens up on Thursday with 11 Longhorns headed up to Indianapolis. Talk plenty of football, college and pro, certainly plenty of baseball from the weekend. What a weekend at the dish it was. Uh, not a kind of a half and half weekend for the Longhorn basketball teams. Not a great weekend and start to the season for Austin FC. Terrible Sunday in the NBA for the Texas Trio. We'll get to all that as we launch your Monday, and we'll uh, appreciate you being there. Look who it is. He's rolled in just on time, as usual, into the Horn uh, South Austin Onion Creek compound. He is our shutdown corner out of the 713 DB High down there in Houston, Texas, and then on to uh, DBU right here in the 512, a lifetime Longhorn, four years in the National Football League, now 16, 17, great years doing media and radio here in Austin, Texas, and beyond. He is uh, Blackster Domus himself, the football theorist, Proud pop of Baby Monroe. Good morning, Rod Babers. Uh, good morning. Yeah, I appreciate the intro and the hospitality as always. And, yeah, man, a Monday, so there's lots to discuss, lots to get into. Uh, well, of course, before we get started, as we do each and every morning, we are happy and proud to give a shout-out to those who serve. You guys know you don't get enough love, uh, but we appreciate you guys. Uh, no matter which way you serve, God, country, our community, our society built on the selflessness of service. So all uh, those teachers, nurses, the uh, first responders, the soldiers, officers of the law, can't name all the professions, can't name all the people. Just want to say thank you because we don't say it enough. Don't say it enough. Can't say it enough. Can't Rod. say it enough. Well, whatever your weekend was, it wasn't the, uh, you know, as far as sports, big story sports weekend goes, it wasn't the uh, the biggest. But, man, spectacular outside. Hopefully whatever you did this weekend, it involved the outdoors. Oh, it was beautiful. Uh, getting out and enjoying yeah. some spring-like conditions. Gosh, sure. it actually felt like summer at some oh, points yesterday. 80, 80, 80 plus, right? 86, 87 oh, degrees. Man, and uh, just spectacular. And that weather will continue you into the week uh, looking like a cold snap on Thursday other than that it is going to be a great stretch to uh, be outside uh, whatever it is and uh, look forward to uh, uh, recapping the weekend with you the good the bad and the ugly from the busy weekend if you're over at UFCU Dishfalk Field it was a good one uh, out there at uh, the Dell Diamond if you're taking in some baseball let's get to the top stories and the headlines as we crank it up on this Monday morning Top Stories, brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment in their beautiful new uh, location right there in Buda, Texas, USA, America. How about we start at UFC Udishfalk Field? Heck of a weekend for David Pearson and his 16th-ranked Longhorns. They finished off a three-game sweep of Cal Poly with a 7-0 win yesterday. Add that result to a 6-0 win Saturday, a 2-0 win on Friday, and, well, you get the picture. It equals three wins for Texas and 15 runs, three losses and zero runs for the Mustangs, starting with LeBaron Johnson Jr.'s eight strikeout two-hit masterpiece on Friday night. Nine Texas pitchers combined to climb the hill at the dish and combined Kyle Pally without a run over 27 innings. First time since 2002 and only the third time in program history that Texas held an opponent scoreless for an entire three-game series. The now 6-1 and one Longhorns will wrap up their 
eight-game season-opening homestand tomorrow night, hosting St. John's at the Dish before heading heading to Houston for the Houston uh, the Astros Foundation College Classic this weekend. They'll play LSU on Friday night, then they'll face uh, Texas State and Vanderbilt over this coming weekend as they ramp up the uh, the level of competition without a doubt. Across the street at McCombs Field, strong weekend for the second-ranked Texas softball squad as well. They posted four more wins as host of the Lone Star Invitational, two over Louisiana, two over Colorado State. They uh, now 12-1 Longhorns did suffer their first loss of the season on Saturday night. They fell in extra frames to uh, 12th-ranked Stanford. 4-3. One and one weekend for Texas basketball, both on the road. Texas women rolled past Central Florida 87-56 for their eighth straight, eighth straight win. They have a huge showdown game this Wednesday night at Oklahoma. That'll essentially be for first place in the Big 12 and possibly a number one overall seed in the Big Dance. Texas men, meanwhile, got trounced on the road for the second straight Saturday. Ninth ranked Kansas shot 63% from the field, rolled to an 86-67 win over Texas at Allen Fieldhouse. The now 6-8 horns in Big 12 play will face another tough road test tomorrow night when they travel to Lubbock to face Texas Tech. Rough start to the 2024 season for the Austin FC on Saturday night as well. Usually frenzied sellout crowd was there at Q2 Stadium, but they went home disappointed after a 2-1 loss to Minnesota United. Team captain Sebastian Druisi did not play in the game. He suffered a hamstring injury the previous Wednesday during training. Their top center back, Leo Weissenden, also went down about half hour into the match with a foot injury. His availability for their match in Seattle this weekend is uncertain. Uh, safe to say a rough Sunday in the NBA for the Texas Trio. Three losses yesterday by a combined 64 points for the Spurs, Mavericks, and Rockets. Dallas had won seven in a row until they rolled into Indianapolis, got drilled by the Pacers, 133-111. Former Longhorn Miles Turner led the way with 33. Houston lost at home to in Oklahoma City. Spurs got drubbed in Utah. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Did you, uh, I think this was, man, it might have been Friday, late Friday or maybe Saturday. Uh, another death blow to the NCAA. Oh, man, that was the big, biggest story of the weekend, I think. Oh, man, the, ju- the, the judge basically, there's a, a, a lawsuit, or it was a lawsuit going on. Uh, basically, um, in, in, the NCAA uh, was in a lawsuit with t- Tennessee, basically, right? It's the state of Tennessee. State of Tennessee, the state attorney Tennessee, general. The attorney yeah. general. Basically, they were disputing about the NCAA's NIL rules. Um, and they basically were saying the NIL rules actually uh, conflict with the NIL law of the state. Every state has an NIL law. The NCAA has their NIL rules, and essentially they're saying law trumps rules, and the judge agreed with them. The judge granted the injunction in Tennessee versus NCAA as a federal court. They, fro- they basically freeze their, have to freeze their NIL rules for a while, uh, and while they're frozen, <laughs> I believe inducements now – it's open season. Or legal. I don't, know, I don't know exactly how they're going to you know, interpret it, but I believe now inducements for recruits are legal for the time being. Remember, it was the NCAA that sent uh, word to Tennessee and um, uh, the University of Tennessee. Tennessee. That, yeah. uh, you know, so state institutions. State institutions yeah, saying, so hey, look, uh, you know, we're accusing you of, uh, violation, of, of, of the rules. violation of our rules, which would be inducements to uh, recruits before they are on campus, which is not NIL, that's inducements. Yeah. And uh, as you said, the, the, the university officially uh, uh, you know, went we straight this, to the courts. Yeah, they were like, hey, man. Straight to the courts. Our, the, we, we, hey, we, we're, they were like, we're actually operating by the law. And NCAA is like, no, nah, our rules trump your laws. And this, we knew this was going to happen. It, 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 it was, 
I'm surprised they actually stayed in Texas didn't do it. But we knew one of the states were going to do it. And essentially the NCAA, this judge deciding, well, that the NCAA's rules for the time being, all right, that they do not trump states' NIO laws. And as you just mentioned, E, the, basically the rule was you can't get any NIL opportunities. They can't necessarily offer you any NIL deals at all until you sign on the dotted line, your letter of intent, and you are a student athlete. Once you're a student athlete for that school, then they can offer you all kind of stuff. The collectives can offer you, the uh, directives can offer you, whatever it is. All right. But inducements were always illegal, even though we knew they were happening anyway. Um, Texas was smart about it because Texas would just promote and market their stuff really well, the, the pancake factory. So you don't have to necessarily induce, uh, you know, have any inducement with an offensive lineman you're recruiting. He already knows based on all the reports and based on, you know, the, the stories from Darren Ravel that every offensive lineman on scholarship for Texas gets $50,000, right? And so it's a lot, a lot of his promote, promotion and marketing that way you don't have to necessarily explain to all the, you know, the kids, and they don't get dollar figures. You don't have to get into all that if you just market it really well. That's why it is a good idea to spread the word about how, what some guys are kind of making. I know now they've actually tweaked the laws where there's confidentiality with some of these deals, so you can't just say, oh, man, this guy's making this from this NIL deal or that from this NIL deal. That's all a little different. But inducements right now, this is huge because basically this was one of the last walls – uh, that was trying to block the free market <laughs> from taking over college football. Now, he, officially, the free market has won. I mean, it, for the time being, and we know that ain't no stopping the free market, man. No stopping capitalism. Well, it's a force of nature. Without a doubt. I mean, <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and essentially what we saw on Friday with the, um, the, the judge in Tennessee, um, it took barely three weeks for Tennessee and two attorneys general to overturn what has been a bedrock principle in college athletics is you can't give recruits money. Period. Like even with NIL, well, you can give them money when they get on campus, yeah. and they're 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 playing for your school in whatever sport because you know the previous judges in the Supreme Court ruled that you got to allow them to use their name, image, and likeness and be able to make some money and cash in on this pile of cash mm-hmm. that's piling up. Uh, what, but there was still the bedrock principle: you can't give recruits money. Yeah. Who aren't student athletes exactly. yet? Exactly. Well, now you can. <laughs> now you can. <laughs> now you can. Now you can. And the NCAA, oh. as we've known it, is it's, it's, it's over. I mean, again, we keep, I mean, the NCAA is still going to be in existence and it's still going to have to run major college yeah. athletics. Some administrative, but not administrative stuff it can handle. Because, look, Rod, let's, let's – let's, I mean, look, you can't – I've been an advocate for the players being paid for a long, long time. Uh, when it's your thesis? Yeah, those mid-'90s. But, you just got to find that thing, E. I know. With the way things I'm are going, ne- you will find that I'm thing, I'm never man. finding it. Damn it. Uh, but too many too many moves, too much. Yeah, I know it. I didn't yeah. even do it on a computer. I did it on a word processor. <laughs> I don't even think it's saved. Uh, this was mid-'90s. But either way, I mean, I've always advocated for this, but at the same time, it's it's you can't operate the way they are now. I mean, you just can't. Mm-mm. I mean, because the, the NCAA didn't ever change. They were forced to change by judges and, you know, state governments and, and rulings yep. and Supreme Courts. And and now this one, I mean, they've been forced to change mm-hmm. and told they have to change because your, your system's not fair. It, it, it flies in the face of every, um, you know, law of our land. Yeah. Uh, you can't exactly. operate this way. <laughs> uh, you just can't. Yeah. Uh, you either need to figure it out. You all figure it out, but they haven't figured it out. So yeah. now here we are, Rod, as we sit on this 20, wow. uh, 26th of February. And look, it's, it, it, it's you know, they, they, the, 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 the powers of college athletics now – 
and the college football in particular, have to come together and find some type of, of guardrails or rules for this. Mm-hmm. You can't operate this way because now it's open season. If it now wasn't before, season, which it yeah. was, but, you know, now it's, it's legal. I mean, you can't – there's nothing to prevent, you know, paying high school players. There's nothing no. – the inducements are all now – You can walk in there and say, uh, how much you want? How much you want, right? Oh, they can start naming dollar figures, those kids Which, which <laughs> some would say were – look, I'm for the players making money. I'm for our college athletes getting what they deserve, and they're part of it or what they can earn. Same time, you've got to put some some you know structure around it. The yeah. uh, you have to. I yep. mean, you can't. I mean, just you know, people. You know, as we talked, Rod, about coaches leaving to go to the NFL to get out of here. We can't operate this way. We can't maintain rosters. And you know, I, I think it was you know Mike Greenberg on Mike Greeny on ESPN last week talking about I don't feel sorry for the coaches at all. You know, you guys have run this operation. You, you you've always been in control. Now you're not in control. Mm-hmm. Look. Look, we, we, even advocates like me understand you can't operate this way. Yeah. You know, go to the, just take the NFL, all right? If you had the NFL, and when the season was over, if the entire Chiefs roster could sign anywhere they wanted to go, <laughs> there were no rules about it and, oh, it, and there was no salary cap. You go wherever yeah. you want. Just basically hit the, you hit the free market, free agency every, other, every year yeah. you want to. I mean, to. just consider <laughs> if the Chiefs just won another yeah. Super Bowl and then Patrick Mahomes can go and, wherever he wants. And by the way, NCAA has already said they do not – penalize multi-time transfers. So yeah. you, so you can transfer as much as you right. want we without all, penalty anymore. Yeah. That's great. So it's wild. So you mean I was you, born way too early. So don't hit the text line <laughs> with, you know, we told you so this is a bad idea. No, no. Pay paying the athletes and allowing the, them to cash in uh, where everyone else is cashing in yep. is not the problem. The That's problem it. is they have no structure in place. They've yeah. done nothing to prepare for it. They and don't by have the way, the NCAA wanted this. Don't forget that. Because they wanted this thing to crash and burn. Yes, they did. So that everybody's upset, and then everybody apparently would call back to the NCAA, please come save us. But nobody's doing that because we know this actually is still better than what the NCAA had been doing for the last, I don't know, 60 years. Or, you know, but 70, we would agree <laughs> that – you know, there there has to be some structure put in place yeah. and some agreements made that we're going to put – because, again, go to the NFL model, right? I mean, the NFL is not perfect, but you, you can say – you can't just leave and go with no – It's can, unbelievable. I mean, it's it, – it, we all agree it has to be yeah. – fixed but what is the fix and who's going to do that and what's the governance and what's the the guiding principles but you know it's a it, it that was a huge story on friday that uh, oh, you man. can now inducements it's, are legal um yeah. and, and and there are some institutions that are already set i mean think think the aggies right their 12th man is the longhorn foundation is part of the university of texas the 12th man is not officially a part of a&m now which means you can work for the 12th man foundation as a player now they could pay you. You know, I mean, think, I mean there, there are now loopholes that are as wide as a black hole. Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> and, I mean, you just. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's the Wild Wild West. And, and essentially, and I said this as soon as NIO became the law of the land. And now I think it's true, more true today than it was then. The NCAA is a dinosaur. NIL is the asteroid. It is going to destroy that institution. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> it's the free market and it's it's capitalism. And the one thing that NCAA has always been against is capitalism. They don't like the free market. They hate the free market. Well, for everybody but the players. The NCAA. The free market's good for everybody but the players. Exactly. They've been fighting against the free market being available to everybody. And guys, well, you're right. The coaches, they enjoy it very much. Um, but <laughs> yes. we're talking about the workforce itself. And they fought against that. And now the free market has come and it is going to – it's going to sweep away. And honestly, the truth is, and this is also what's happening, and I brought this up too, it, it basically is like a 
Category five <laughs> um, natural disaster for college sports, and it's going to destroy everything in its path. And then they got to rebuild it. That's what's happening now. <laughs> I mean, so for the people who think it's bad, it, I guess it is because the NCAA should have put guardrails on this initially, and then they waited too late. And now, only thing that can really save it is federal legislation, so that there is, uh, you know, uniformity with all the laws so that you have to follow one law, but now every state has their own laws and the laws are all filled with tons of loopholes so that their institutions in their state can get an advantage. So they're not even real laws. They're not even going to hold them really accountable for those um, in violations of the law, if you will. So it's, yeah, it's a mess, but that's kind of what the NIL I think is going to do because right now it's the wild, wild west and you don't even have a pathway really to a governing body or one entity that, you know, a uni- that there will be uniformity in terms of decision-making and, you know, building a, a calendar for college football, making these decisions about, you know, the NIL rules and transfer portal um, restrictions and regular. I mean, there's nobody to even right now make those, make those decisions because the NCAA has been gutted now. They're officially been gutted. Yeah, then this is how we got here, right? It wasn't because yeah. the NCAA was willing to change. They were forced to change, and or not change, forced to allow it, uh, right, yeah, because exactly. of court rulings uh, and state governments and basically saying, you know, which, how you guys are up. Because, look, I, I know we'll hear, and we always do, oh, man, well, what about the free education and the strength training and the coaching and the nutrition provided and everything that comes with the scholarship athlete? Well, that's all true. Mm-hmm. But – Every court that has looked at it, including the Supreme Court, nine zip, has said this violates every antitrust law our 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 our, our, our country has. Yeah. Every antitrust law. Yeah. You can't operate this way. <laughs> can't, Fix it. You can't do it, man. So yeah. so as you you say, the NCAA wants this because so, because the wow wow west is what everybody complains about now. The mm-hmm. the pay for play. It's open season. Go wherever you want. Um, yes, we all agree it needs to be structured and fixed, but. Who's going to fix it is what you're asking. Like who is actually going to yeah. step in and do that? Um, because the, you know, the NCAA could if they would come off of their moral you know, urameters and all this stuff. That's, that's, that's so gone. Yeah, just um, you, you have to fix it. Now, again, the SEC and the Big, to- Big Ten have formed some type of alliance where they're going to talk about governance. Because you know, you know, 2024 is the year to actually put some, you know, put some actual you know, process in place on top of the words. Uh, every yeah. every coach in America wants it. Every I think the players want it. They just want they do you, because just like you can't you know everything that was happening before NIL was a violation of antitrust laws across this country. This is also not sustainable. This no. also can't work. Um, you know you, you know just, just tearing the dam down and letting the river flood th- flood everything with no control. You know, it's why you build a dam. That's why you put those processes in place and you open floodgates and you let water out. And, you know, just if you want to see that as a visual, but you can't do it this way. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you, to, to use the dam, Rod, you build a dam. Yeah. You've got to have some floodgates. You can't just let it sit there because it's going to overflow at some point. That was what happening before. Now it's just tear the dam oh, down. Yeah. You've got to build something back in place. But to the point is, who's going to govern that? What's the agreement? How does it work? There's a, there's a lot of ground to cover here, right? Rod. How, I mean, how long is gonna t- that's going to take? I mean, uh, and I don't know when Uncle Sam is going to address it. I know they're talking to Capitol Hill. They got, you know, college football representatives, you know, pleading with 
you know, politicians to, hey, can you guys start to expedite the NIL federal legislation? But that's still years away. An election coming up. Yeah. That's, that's way on the back burner. Yeah. Got well, a lot of issues know. in this country. Ain't nobody really worried about that. And so that's not going to happen for a while. And then, yeah, the governing body, oh, man, we're, we're so far away from that. Yeah. We're a decade from a governing body in college football. The true separation of the have then the have-nots, the restructuring and recalibration of it. I this might be I this might be happening for a while. I don't know when it's going to stabilize. Something's going to stabilize. It. I would say less than a decade. Look, I mean, who would have thought this time last year the Pac-12 would be gone? Like, I mean, well, we yeah. knew what. We, actually, we actually no, that's not true. We yeah. knew the Big 12 or the Pac-12 would be gone. We just thought it would be the Pac-12. We thought right. it would be the Big 12. So we knew a conference was gonna, you know. Di- Basically dissolve. Dissolve. We knew that. But, but well, that's what I'm saying. I, we know it has to change. So I'm yeah. not saying – I would say you could do it sooner than a decade if you actually got, you know, p- people in a room and actually made some strong Maybe. decisions. Yeah, you're right. And told, hey, the, and then use this as the, what, you know, the, the, the judge's ruling that came down on Friday and say, look, guys, we, the NCAA is, as we know it, out, yeah. especially in college football. We, for the good of our sport, and because there's a lot of good things going, right? The 12-team playoff is coming. We're going to have uh, a lot of good college football coming your way, but you cannot operate in this type of uh, lawless environment. Uh, you just can't, a rule-less environment. Um, you you got to take what you've got and get people together, and uh, let's all come to an agreement that this is how it needs to be uh, and what we have to do. I, I, I agree with you that it's, it's not going to happen tomorrow, but I don't know if it's going to be a decade in the making. I think I think importance may push that there will be – it could happen sooner than that. It, it has, should. It should. It should. But uh, because I don't think anybody wants to operate in this environment. I really don't. Uh, it should, but it's – I don't know – you know, I don't know what the process is of emancipating yourself from the NCAA because you guys have been entangled for so long. I just don't know – you know, is it going to – everything ends up in the courts. Uh, but – you know, I just don't. I don't know the you know the between the presidents and the conference commissioners, and you know when they make that move. I like I said, I don't know where it ends up, and I don't know how long it takes. But you're right. I mean, hopefully it happens before ten years. They need it to happen. Well, they, they should be right now with a sense of urgency. Those well, leaders. Well, look with the NCAA. While it's still whatever it is, could do and should do oh. is allow athletes economic rights and, you know, consider signing them to contracts oh, man. and bargain at arm's lengths and all those things. Yeah, so, but you know they're not going to do that. Well, it's, you, you've been studying this organization for a long time. I mean, they're not going to do I'm not, that. But I'm, I don't want to sit here and say – I know. I'm just telling them what they should do. We've been t- uh, yeah, I know, but you know they're not going to do the right thing. They're not going to do the right thing. They're not going to be progressive. They're not going to have a modern philosophy about it. They could have done they, – they right, if they had done what you said, back when you said it when you wrote your thesis – Yeah. The NCAA right now would be one of the most powerful organizations in America because they had basically would have taken a pro-player stance way before it became popular, and the players wouldn't have initially started to revolt. Correct. The workforce is going to be like, no, nah, we're living good, man. We get a free education. We get, uh, we get, you know, these great stipends, cost of living. Got we get contracts. Yeah, you know what I mean? They were just kept it modern. Hey, you get your EA Sports stipend. You're going to get that. Yeah, you're going to get that. You're going to get this. But, you know, they're making, you know, a few you know, a few thousand dollars, you know, every every spring, every – I mean, they, that, that would be great. But they didn't. And so and, and slowly but surely, everybody turned against this NCAA, not just the, the workforce itself, but the coaches thought they were nonsensical, right, because of the, rec- all the, the big, thick, uh, yellow, yellow pages-sized rule book they have. Um, the, the administrators turned against them. Conference commissioners turned against them. And the fans hated them. And by the time the NCAA looked up 30, 40 years later, they had nobody on their side.
There was nobody advocating. Nobody was saying the NCAA. Now that's a quality organization. That's they they. There's a great institution. And no, everybody was like they're a borderline criminal syndicate. <laughs> yeah, it's a cartel. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Because they never um, changed. Well, and, and of course, the only thing that changed was the amount of money. Money just kept pouring in, right? Billions. Because the, the schools, the universities, never said, "Hey, we don't want your money, TV networks. We don't want your money, Nike and Reebok mm-hmm. and Under Armour. We don't want the money um, to pay our coaches." Six, eight, ten million dollars a year. Now that was get, that started right. getting so, crazy. So I mean, yeah. I mean, back when I was writing these things and talking about it, it was you know the head coach of Texas was John Makovic, and he was making seven hundred thousand dollars a year, which was good Not money. Money, I was just saying. But now the head coach is making ten million dollars a year here. So I was the on the low coach, side last year, making five million, and all the coordinators <laughs> are making you know one and two million dollars a year. Yeah, man. So that's what's you know the money kept pouring in, and this is. To your point of the NCAA incrementally could have actually controlled this uh, and done it the right way, you know. So like to, for me to expect them, but but we asked what could be done. Oh yeah. What could be done is the again the, the power conferences can unite and, and agree to a governance body and some type and and just you know Heisman and eighty six the NCAA completely from the conversation it needs to have it. Uh, or the NCAA could step in and finally do something right, which they're not going to do. Hundred uh, <laughs> percent correct. Exactly. Uh, and that's that, that's where we are. It's it is you can't. When I say you can't operate this way, I think we all know this this way with no rules at all, and you know, you got you got to re-recruit your roster every year, and oh, yeah. you know it's as highest bidder. It's, it's you know this is nothing new. I mean, we heard Johnny Manziel last week in the interview with Shannon Sharp talking. I mean, there were a lot of highlights from that that podcast, but you know him talking about his father asked for three million dollars back in 2014 Damn from right. Kevin Sumlin, and we'll mm-hmm. stay for another year. Well, and, and you know just the 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 casual nature of, of Manziel saying, well, that's just the way it was then. You know, it is. People were getting bags of money, and we, we talked about it, man, yeah. and we'd have people texting and calling saying, well, that's not true. Well, you knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's just above board, so it's not it's – not, but, but, but the, the biggest change, Rod, is the transfers, right? So now there used to be penalties for transferring. Nope. Now there's not. So now it's, it's just open season, as I say. If you try to, to replicate this in any other sport – you can't manage that way. You yeah. can't navigate that way where at the end of each season, anybody can go anywhere with no penalty. There's no commitment from the player to the university or to player to the team. Oh, yeah. Uh, big picture because they're not locked in by any measure. That has to change. I mean, now that the players, this is very favorable for the student athletes. There's got to be some rights, you know, some some restrictions put in place that, that uh, as, as Nick Saban has said, Rod, we're committing to these players. But they're not committing back to us. No. Um, it's completely flipped. And that's where they have to come in with some type of sort of agreements where the players will agree. But that's where you have to negotiate with the players. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm with you. It's 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 strange now because yeah, the power dynamic is flipped. We're in the power, We're in the player empowerment uh, era of college sports where the players are empowered, whether they be through social media, now their branding with the NIL, um, the NCAA essentially being um, emasculated, gutted, uh, which, you know, it, it is essentially this is a good thing. I mean, the NCAA, the NCAA, this is their fault because, remember, and I'll give them credit, they did try to penalize guys for multiple-time transfers. They just kept losing in court. That's right. Well, the every court- time they would go to court, every time they'd go to a court uh, for, you know, trying to you know, keep a young man from transferring multiple times, the courts would side, would, would side against them. And essentially, and even the highest court in the land, as he mentioned, basically implied, hey, send us more cases and we will help you destroy the NCAA. So all the courts in the land hate the NCAA too. The courts hate you. They don't have any they don't have anybody on their side at this point. Nope. No leg to stand on. Yeah, they continue a doubt. to lose power. But you know but but again the NCAA operates in governance around, you know, around the schools, the presidents, mm-hmm. the, uh, the those are the people that have to take control of this. The the, the individual 
schools slash conferences yeah. um, who take all this money and collect all this money from TV networks and things, they're the ones that have to put the restrictions around it, and they have to uh, come to their senses and say, look, this is not uh, sustainable long-term. All right, good stuff to start the, uh, the Monday morning. Good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. We'll get to that Texas baseball team. How about 27 innings, no runs allowed? David Pierce's team off to a 6-1 and one start. He's the new pitching coach, Ron. Oh, One, yeah. 1.66 so far, their team ERA. The competition will ratchet up here this weekend, so we'll dive into some baseball. Uh, rough weekend for Rodney Terry and the Longhorn basketball team. Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain. We got some what the facts and your thoughts on the uh, uh, latest historic ruling from uh, the judge in Tennessee and uh, NIL and where college athletics is headed. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. All right, hook him up with Ian Rod B. Rolls on on what's going to be a foggy commute this morning. The weather's been fabulous, but uh, you're going to deal with uh, some, some fog rolling in, especially south and southeast mm-hmm. as you roll on in here to uh, Austin, Texas, USA, America, wherever you're headed. Out to the hill country, will not see as much, but uh, certainly 35 and east and south. Uh, fog will be the name of the game. Did you deal with some of that rod on your way over to the uh, uh, compound? I didn't, I didn't deal with much of it, but I can see it, though, because it was like precipitation in in the air a little bit. So I could see that. Yeah. I didn't get too much of it, though, which was good. But be careful out there. Drive slow. Drive slow. Take your time. Ain't no rush. Ain't no need to rush. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and look, we're, we're talking college athletics and the uh, ruling on Friday um, from a judge in Tennessee that it didn't take long. Of course, uh, the NCAA alerted Tennessee that they're in violation of the rules. And as you said, uh, the, the, the judge in Tennessee pretty much ruled that the state of Tennessee's laws trump your rules. Yeah. And we can go back to when this, this came down in the state of Texas when they, exactly. the, 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 the state legislature changed the rules, loosened the rules and restrictions on NIL which the NCAA, of course, fired off letters to Texas and all the schools in Texas saying, look, we, we still expect you to follow our rules, yeah. not the state law in your state. Which, and, you know. Mm, I mean, and, and by the way, Texas and Texas A&M, I believe they, you know, they, list, they, they decided to cooperate with yes. the NCAA. They, I they, think Chris Del Conte they were not going to challenge them. Um, because te- Texas wins here, regardless. They do. I mean, this wild, go. wild west for now where you, you can induce players. Texas has enough sugar daddies. Texas has enough collectives and directives. Texas is just go, this is just going to help them. This is advantageous for the university in every in every way. And even if they put some you know restrictions on it and they operate by the NCAA rules, they're still the uh, leader in the NIL space. So Texas really either way is going to come out on a winning end. They're going to benefit from this. Well, look, Either I mean, way. and here yeah. we are now. It's like most things in our politics these days and in our, in our, in our, in our conversations. You're going to hear the folks who say, you know, you know, this is terrible or this is great. Look, it is. It just is now, right? <laughs> it, just, it is. This is the way it is. Yeah. So folks, folks <laughs> it is you know, what it is. people like me 10 years ago, five years ago, who were arguing for more freedom for the players, more, you know, the, mm-hmm. allowing the players to cash in on this pile of money and mountain of money that's piling up. Um, it's now flipped totally the other way, yes, right? Which is, you know, as you said, I think a lot of people, the NCAA was, was willing to let that happen to see, okay, here's what you guys wanted. Here yeah, you go. It. And yeah. here you got it. Mm-hmm. Well, How you like it now? <laughs> well, now with this one, this, this ruling, which I, you know, if it ever got to the Supreme court, it would be held up and, and it would, be. it would big time. They know, and that. and I think everyone understands that. 
Um, the, the, you know, the, this is the – let's just say this out loud. This is the second most popular sport in this country, college football. Yes, it is. And let's understand, I understand the NCAA governs all of college athletics, mm-hmm. but college football is the cash cow. It's yep. what pays for everything. No question. Um, you know, there are 500 or more scholarship athletes at the University of Texas – um, there's 85 to play football, but football pays for all of it. Mm-hmm. We get that. Uh, it's the front porch of your university. Yep. It's the second most popular sport in this country. I mean, gosh, you, NFL's number one, college football's number two, and by any metric you look at. So fix it. <laughs> so fix it. It wasn't right before, and now it's not right the other way. It's flipped completely the other side because every court in the land that's looked at it, every judge in the land is looking at it and saying, guys, this is an unfair system. Yeah, but now we would all agree that with the coaches it's, that are that are howling about this is an unfair system. Yes, this also is unsustainable. Uh, the other one was unsustainable too, and it, so now the the walls have been torn down, but no one's got anything in place to fix it. So yeah. there's too much money involved. The TV networks have been there's too much, um, you know. So, so so get together, come up with with common sense ideas and common fix the problem. Ideas. Yeah. I mean, I, you got too many smart people yes. in college football. With too much money to make. It's, it, well, you're talking about a, a basically a multi-billion dollar business now. I mean, the sports industrial complex now, college footballs, you know, and like I said, I, nobody's ever asked a question. I'm sure somebody will. You know, we know the NFL is worth annually, what, $17 billion or something like that on their way to $20 billion. I mean, that's what they, annually, that's what they're worth. Um, and it's just that that, that, that that value just keeps increasing. Nobody's really asked the question. Maybe somebody has. What's major college football worth? Like, what is it worth if you can consolidate all the powers and all the big brands and value in well, college football? That's right, Rod. And it's honestly, it's probably worth as much as the NFL when you can, if you can, get them together. Right. And that's what that's, that's what's happening, by the way. Well, and, and again, I know there's still some some folks out there that hate that idea, but you have to now. There's no other mm-hmm. option. But and as this text says perfectly on the text line, and we appreciate your messages at four four seven three seven seven six. Rules are negotiated. You mm. now have to empower the players yeah. to negotiate for the rules. That's true. You just do. Uh, that's what I mean. You, you have great. to. Yeah. Because the, the players had no rights before unless they wanted to collect money under the table yeah. and break the rules, which they were doing. They could do. Well, now they're, they're into a power position. The players are the product. And they and, know it. And they know it. <laughs> and so you then ha- now you have to negotiate with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most specifically the football side of things. And because if you keep football growing – and, and, and build from there. Because, look, even if the football players well, through these negotiations are no longer scholarship athletes, Rod, now they're employees, employees Ooh, yeah. who pay for their own school mm-hmm. but still play football for said school. Yeah. You're still paying for everything else, right? It's good for the entirety of the athletics department across this country if you negotiate properly now. But rules are negotiated. They are. But then and, the players are going to have to – Unionized to a certain extent, right? To, to start to go to, to get into that negotiation. Oh no, it's I see where you're going, a, and it's it might need that maybe that's there's a path that needs to happen. Yeah, to try to get some type of to stability in college football right now. It's it, because it is. It's too popular. It's oh, too. Man, it's too. too you yeah, know. It's people. It's a. It's right now. It's like you said. It's a passion. It's a place where you can find passion, and and commitment, and that's what these networks want. Because the fans are passionate about the product and they are committed to their product. You're committed to your college football team. Yes. You're, you're committed to your NFL team, and that's what they want because they know you're going to be there to watch appointment viewing every time they're on. Yep. 
that's what they're purchasing. Well, and I, you know, we 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 knew we mean I I think people who were paying attention to this thing decades ago knew we were going to get to this point if yeah. they didn't change. Yeah, and it's you could say it's shame on this whole situation, but it's shame on them. It is, as you said, for not incrementally changing this as it went. They had the opportunity bending the rules or changing the rules and, and modernizing modernizing the what? the system. Why did amateurism have to stay? So now the you have same. to do it from the ground up, essentially, yeah. uh, because it's it's now the walls are completely torn down. All right, Rod, let's get behind the burn orange curtain. Speaking of walls. We go behind curtains to talk Texas football. Let's hit it. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right. We're just going to get into um, Pro Football Focus did their ranking of every draft prospect coming out. Um, Every draft prospect coming out. And they ended up ranking, I believe it's 10 Longhorns. And their pro football pro football focus big board. Essentially, your big board is when you rank all the players, regardless of position. You're just ranking the best overall players. You know, obviously they have a score and they have a met, a system, a method to do it. Um, I'm not going to get into that, but I'll give you the rankings of the Longhorns on this big board overall. Um, they end up ranking ten Longhorns. I believe the only one they didn't rank that is at the combine was Keelan Robinson, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, okay, so they got Byron Murphy, uh, the second. He's twelfth on their big board overall uh, for Pro Football Focus. They got him as the second highest rated uh, defense it, interior defense lineman based on the grade, based on the the season grade. I believe Tavondre Sweat might be number one. They got Ad Mitchell, thirty seventh overall in their Pro Football Focus rank. He has been considered by some to be the second best prospect coming out for Texas behind Byron Murphy. That seems to be unanimous that Byron Murphy is uh, the, the, the top uh, prospect coming out for Texas. They got JT Sanders ranked 41st uh, overall um, coming out. They have Xavier Worthy 49th uh, overall. Um, so they got Xavier Worthy kind of as a second-round guy, even though I think Matt Miller had him getting drafted in the first round. Um, Matt Miller really likes Xavier Worthy. He kind of thinks he's underrated. Mel Kuyper actually really likes the Texas receivers too. I heard him remark about that. And I heard him remark that he likes uh, Tavondre Sweat actually a lot. Um, and actually he believes Tavondre Sweat may be his top defensive tackle on the board. Heard him remark about that uh, this past weekend. So Xavier Worthy uh, is 49 on this board. Uh, Jonathan Brooks is 59. Overall, a little bit lower, actually, than he has been in some of the uh, the rankings overall. Um, they got him 50 nights, so they got him probably around that second round. They got Tavondre Sweat, Pro Football Focus, ranked as the 90th overall prospect. To me, that's way too low. Even though he's got the best grade of any interior defensive lineman in the country by Pro Football Focus, they still got him 90 on the board. That's uh, I don't know how you justify that because I think, multiple scouts, Jim Nagy being one of them, executive at the Senior Bowl. Like I said, I heard Mel Kuyper talking about it this weekend with Devondre Sweat. They think Devondre Sweat could potentially sneak into the first round. Um, Well, he shouldn't drop out of the first round. Um, There's no way I see him mm, the bottom of the second round. I think if he drops to the second round, some team's going to trade up and try to get him. Uh, They got Christian Jones, 120th overall uh, as a prospect, which for Christian Jones actually is pretty good considering – um, you know, what a developmental project he was in college. And they also, I think, project him as a guard in the NFL. That's helping him too because at the senior, senior bowl, he did play some guard as well. He's a high football IQ guy, got great football acumen. I'm sure he can – he's very coachable, got better every year he was at Texas. Um, so, actually, I think that, that 
place right there, 120 dollars may be pretty good for uh, Christian Jones. They have Ryan Watts actually at uh, ranked here as well, which is a little surprising. They got uh, Ryan Watts. Uh, they got Ryan Watts above Jalen Ford. Jalen Ford's at 217. So they actually really like Ryan Watts based on their pro football focus score. Uh, Jalen Ford, I think, is way too low, too, at 217. But I will say um, off-ball linebackers are drafted usually anywhere from third to fifth round. That'll be the sweet spot for Jalen Ford. I mean, you go look at all the best linebackers in the NFL right now. You're Fred Warner. You're Drake Greenlaw. I mean, those are third and fifth round picks. Uh, you go look at the, uh, the the linebackers for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Bowden was a second-round pick, but – uh, the the other guy was his name um, Chanel I believe he's a what's a third round pick that's usually third to fifth round is usually where your off ball linebackers are gonna drop and that's where they get them uh, Jordan Whittington they ranked as 221st uh, on their big board overall and he's the last Longhorn ranked um, Jordan Whittington actually with the lack of talent in the draft because underclassmen are now and juniors are staying in college more because of the NIL uh, opportunities that we talked about. You're getting fewer underclassmen in the draft, which means it's not as deep. And, you know, if it's not as deep, Jordan Whittington, who knows, team may take a flyer on them in the seventh round or something like that because they're just, you know, not, there's not enough guys. There's just not enough quality talent uh, and depth in this draft, and that's going to continue to be the case. So that's good for guys at the back of the draft like Texas with Jordan Whittington. Yeah, combine starts Thursday. We'll talk about it uh, throughout the week, get you ready for what's going to happen in, in Indianapolis with the 11 Longhorns headed there and all the other prospects, 321, I think, top prospects yeah. headed to the, uh, the NFL scouting combine as the F uh, NFL offseason process and draft process begins. Uh, we'll pick that up. Coming back, we'll hit some what the facts from a busy weekend, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's a fact the Longhorns played three baseball games this weekend, didn't allow a single run in 27 innings. That's amazing. Uh, pretty darn good. Uh, we'll talk about it coming up. If you were part of the huge crowds at the dish, want to hear from you, uh, we'll talk with you as we get rolling on this Monday morning. If you're in the fog, be careful out there. Hook them up with Ian Rodbitt. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Monday on The Horn, hook him up with Ian Rod B. Rolls on. Time for What the Facts as we wrap up hour one of our five-hour conversation this morning. And uh, Rod facts in, as we said, Longhorn Baseball off to a 6-1 and one start. They'll play the, uh, the eighth game of their season opening homestand tomorrow night against St. John's before heading down to Houston. But, man, uh, if you're looking for, for What the Facts, no runs in 27 innings. First time wow. since 2002 the Longhorns have shut out a, an opponent in a three-game series. Three consecutive games. They finished it off yesterday with a 7-0 uh, total. And I'll say this, the most encouraging thing, and I, look, the, the, the competition will ramp up. Cal Poly's not a great offensive team, but then you have a few guys in our lineup that can really hit. But uh, I think the Longhorns did an incredible job. But compare, remember last year when they were struggling as a pitching staff and kind of maddening as a pitching staff because mm -hmm. they walked a lot of batters and uh, oh, yeah. uh, a lot of free passes and base runners? Mm -hmm. Here's a fact you'll like if you're a Texas fan. All weekend long, uh, Longhorn pitching walked eight batters. Damn. I think is the total number. Two. Hmm. Might have been, might, might be seven. That's, that's right. efficient, man. Yes, that's they're they're throwing strikes, right? Like Which that. is what you want. You, uh, they had four, six, yeah, seven, seven total walks all weekend. So seven free passes in twenty-seven innings. Um, that's good baseball. Uh, you know, yesterday they gave up nine hits, Rod, but you know they were singles and they didn't put 
you know, runners on base. And then so, look, David Pierce is now in charge of the pitching. Pitching, yeah. It's um, looking good. And he took control of it, and they've got good arms. They had good arms last year, but they were, they were you know, erratic or in and around the strike zone. And, look, it's early. I mean, this is very early. They're going to they're gonna play early. a lot of better competition. But uh, early returns, very good. Longhorn so far through seven games, an ERA of 1.66. Ooh. In, yeah. a, in a six and one start, the one loss was that extra innings loss in weekend one. But uh, yeah, so off to a real good start, and looking forward to this week and then this weekend down in Houston, that series at Minute Maid Park where they oh, play yeah. LSU, I Texas start that State. Sexy stretch now. Yeah, real sexy. I mean, oh man! Uh, starting March first will be a ten game stretch against seven games over ten games. Rod, it's a fact. They'll play LSU, Texas State, um, then Vanderbilt. Then they'll come home to play the Aggies in a sellout crowd. Then they'll go to Lubbock for three games with Texas Tech. So we'll know a lot more. Yeah, you'll learn. Yeah, you'll learn that pitching is for real. Yeah. I mean, right now it seems like it's real, but you're right. The competi- counting for the competition, you're not sure. But uh, it could be a Fugazi, but no, it seems like it's the real deal, man. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, just like the, the approach. And the results are obviously based on the, the approach, but just like that they're, they're pitching to contact, they're throwing strikes, they're not getting behind in counts. Really liked what I saw well, this weekend. When the, uh, when, the head, when, the head, when the head coach is your pitching coach as well, <laughs> you know, you know it's going, everybody's going to be buttoned up. So it seems like that is the case. So uh, that, good, uh, good start for Texas baseball and especially for the pitching staff. Um, all right, a um, couple of uh, random nuggets here. So it, apparently it's a big deal for, for some people that Caleb Williams is not going to throw at the NFL Combine. Um, and some people are saying that's a big deal. I know Michael Penix says he's going to throw at the Combine. Bo Nix, I believe, is going to throw at the Combine. Uh, J.J. McCarthy is going to throw. Spencer Rattler is going to throw. But Jaden Daniels and Caleb Williams both decided they weren't, they weren't going to throw at the NFL Combine. Uh, big deal or not a big deal? Because in the last five drafts, um, Kenny Pickett was the only QB one in his class to throw at the combine. Trevor Lawrence didn't have a combine to throw at. Is this a non-story? Non-story. Com- quarterbacks throwing at the combine? Non-story. Uh, That's a fact, but yeah. Yeah, I think it's it. a non-story. I mean, I think uh, you know he'll throw at his pro day. Um, look, I know, I know scouts claim they like to see them compete, compete, and yeah. you know they like to watch them you know, one by one and watch how the ball comes out of their hand and see how they compete throwing to receivers that aren't their receivers in a scripted workout setting. Same time, is it going to drop uh, Caleb Williams? No. No, I agree with you on that. Yeah, uh, it's not a big deal. But even though I, I, I understand it too, it, it's more about the receivers that you don't know. Yes. That's more what it's about because that can be really erratic. First time you've ever thrown to a guy – and, you know, they're asking you to make certain throws and trust me how receivers run routes and the timing. You don't have any of that, which is what the scouts want, right? They want to put more pressure on you to try to operate in, in chaos and see what you do and see how you perform and see how you respond. Hey, Rod, this is interesting. You know, we've, uh, we're talking about college basketball and the, the transient nature of the players and the, on the men's side. Oh, yeah. How about women's college basketball has never been more popular, Rod? Oh, yeah. We know Caitlin Clark has become a phenom for Iowa. Mm-hmm. According to the Big Ten, the women's basketball tournament in Minneapolis is completely sold out. They're expecting more than 110,000 fans to attend the women's conference tournament coming up here in March. Uh, that according to front office sports. Nice. A complete sellout for the women's basketball tournament. Women's college basketball, if you're looking at their TV ratings, the, uh, the crowd sizes, uh, and, and give Vic Schaefer and his Texas women credit, they're right in the mix of this thing, Rod. They're number uh, five in the country right now. They won their eighth straight game the other night or the other day in, in Orlando, beat Central Florida. 
They've got a game Wednesday night against Oklahoma that's huge. Winner yeah. of that game likely wins the Big 12 regular season and could be a number one overall seed come big dance time. And, and the truth is, guys, it's all about personalities. Yes. I mean, you got Kim Mulkey, you got Angel Reese, you got Caitlin Clark. I mean, think about the personalities. Um, what's her name? Don Staley? Don Staley. Uh, she, you know what I mean? Think about the personalities you have. Vic, Vic Schaefer. I mean, yeah. Big Shaver's a larger-than-life personality. I, honestly, I think the personalities are so good that they just provide great storylines. And there's a lot of trash talk going on in women's basketball. Remember, that's what basically hyped up their national title because game. To be the, yeah, to be the best, you know, at least the most viewed national title game ever. I mean, it was beating college football games. It was beating college football bowl games <laughs> in terms of the ratings. So I'm with you. Like, college, uh, women's college basketball it, right now it seems like it's in a golden era. It really does. Well, and it's because they, you know, we know in the men's side, they, they leave early. They're bouncing from team to team. Yeah. Longhorns seem to be building a new roster every year. Everybody is. Uh, everybody is. And everyone, yeah. you know, we see it here locally, but everybody does the same thing. Uh, so you don't get to know the, the, the faces. They're not rivalries as much. And oh, uh, man. Uh, they're capitalizing on it uh, in the women's side for sure. Uh, okay. How about this? The, if you look at the number of quarterbacks who have played at least 95% of their team's dropbacks, over the last in the 12 NFL seasons, there is a shift, a trend that develops after the 17-game season. So since the 17-game season, only 11 quarterbacks in 2021, 10 in 2022, and 8 in 2023 uh, played at least 95% of their team's dropbacks. Prior to that, in 2012, I'll go from 2012 to 2020. 19, 16, 15, 15, 14, 14, 15, 13, 12, and now you're at eight. Better have a backup quarterback in the 17-game season. And as he says, they're going to 18. They're going to 18. You better have a backup quarterback. You better have a good one. And he better be able to win you one or two games because the likelihood of your quarterback making it through a 17-game season ain't really high. And 18 is even lower. Yeah. Good stuff right there. All right, uh, What the Facts. We'll come back. Hour two of our five-hour Monday conversation talking the NCAA and uh, college athletics. Oh, Where do they go from man. here after the judge's ruling on Friday? Inducements are legal. Ooh-wee. I was born so – I was born too soon. Born oh, too soon, right? I was born too soon. Uh, inducements. I'm happy for these young completely kids. Completely legal. Yeah, good for uh, y'all, man. Players for in control now. What do they do? What's Damn next? Right. We also will pick up uh, our two Rod's first rant of this Monday morning. We'll talk with you. What were you up to this week on this beautiful weekend in Central Texas? The good, the bad, and the ugly on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby.